It's official. Hillary is running for president. Is she still a shoe-in? I'm not so sure. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And this week and last week, people have been throwing their ring, their hats into the ring to run for president over a year and a half from now. I will not be talking about this for a year and a half, but this is the uh, inauguration of the presidential campaign cycle. And I am a libertarian. I talked last week about Rand Paul throwing his hat in the ring, and I think that he's the closest to a libertarian that we're even going to see in the race but he does everything he can, it seems like, to distance himself from that position. And the other two guys, uh, like Rand Paul, who rode the wave of the Tea Party uh, kind of resistance to the Republican establishment, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, could have been considered libertarian-ish before we knew more about them. But now I think it's crystal clear they are very hardcore Republican, uh, not even libertarian-ish. But I don't actually think any of those guys is going to win. I think Marco Rubio is kind of just running for vice president anyway. But I have no delusions that we're going to see a libertarian president in 2016, possibly not even a sincere libertarian president in my lifetime. But I do still find the race fascinating. I'm really interested specifically in Hillary's prospects. Because if you listen to my show, you know that I think the, I don't have a tremendous amount, I don't think what you see is what you get. I don't think you go to the polls, you elect the guy you want, um, all the votes are counted properly, and then he does what he says he's going to do. Like, I just don't think it's like that. I think there's so much going on behind the scenes, everywhere from the media manipulating the stories to even on the ground, voter manipulation, all that kind of stuff that I think for anyone to really win has to have the buy-in of the power elite. I think there was, a, was it J.P. Morgan or John D. Rockefeller or whatever, like 100 years ago, they asked one of these guys, one of these robber barons, who do you want to win in the, Repub- in the, in the general presidential election? And the robber baron said, I don't care, they're both my guys. So I feel like it was like that 100 years ago. It's still like that now. But the question does remain, who is their guy and why? And that's where I think the Hillary question is kind of fascinating. Because it would be easy for them at this point to say, all right, Hillary is our guy. We owe her one. Um, It's totally plausible, even if we have to rig the voting a little bit on the margins, which I think they can do. Uh, that that she's the you know, she's the heir apparent. She's the one who deserves it. She got screwed out of it last time when we put Obama in. It's hers. But I I wonder if they would want they meaning the kingmakers, the guys who even if you don't think it's a shadow government, supposedly I I'm not sure I heard this correctly, but I think it is correct. She plans to raise and spend two billion dollars. I mean I can't even get my mind around that. I'll have to like triple check that number, but I think uh, when all is said and done, that's the kind of money the presidential campaign uses up. And these guys who are giving that kind of money, we're talking about Bill Gates and George Soros and Warren Buffett. They're not doing it for nothing. They have an agenda. And I don't think it's just making sure that uh, minimum wage goes up. If they want that for whatever self-serving reason, I don't know. But there's definitely a bigger picture at play. 
And so they are going, so what, what do they need in a president? What are they looking for? What do they want back? And I really gave it some thought. And I thought at first, of course, they want someone who will do their bidding. But anybody, I mean, that's a dime a dozen. A lot of people are ready to do their bidding. And just about everybody at that upper echelon has already proven they will do uh, the bidding of the power elite. What they really need, though, is someone who can get us to do their bidding. They need somebody who can convince us that these policies that the power elite wants for their own self-serving reasons, they need the person who can convince us that they're for our good, that they're, they are uh, come from a place of sincere service to the American people. And, and Hillary's angle, of course, is that she's this, you know, nurturing, save the child progressive. Uh, but the great where it really becomes clear is with Obama when anybody, any Democrat would have won against a Republican after Bush because people were so war weary and they just his Bush's ratings were so, so down approval ratings. People just wanted anything but the Republican war machine as they saw it. And who so if the power elite like President Eisenhower said in his farewell address, the military-industrial complex, which actually was originally in the speech as the military-industrial-congressional complex, but that sounded too scary, so they pulled out the congressional part. But if it really is this corporate-governmental continuum that is, I would say, focused on defense and energy and banking, they really want these wars to continue because it's big money for them. It's it's the I mean, we spend more on defense than we did during World War Two or about the same amount in real dollars. This is big, big money for them. And what would it take to keep these big wars going? McCain could never have gotten support for this after Bush. He was considered a warmonger. So they get a guy like Obama who looks like an outsider who has Muslim roots. I personally think he's an atheist, but his stepfather who raised him in was a Muslim in a Muslim country in Indonesia. He uh, got the Nobel Peace Prize right out of the box. All I think to convince us that he wouldn't continue these wars in the Middle East against Muslims if it weren't absolutely necessary. Like, that's how he keeps the protesters off the corners. Whereas if McCain had leveled Libya, there would have been protesters all over the place and there would be all sorts. He would never have won another election and all that kind of stuff. So I have begun to think that what the power elite really wants in in a president is not only a puppet, but somebody who can manufacture consent. And so even if they could rig the election, even if they could swing the vote on the margin for Hillary to get in, would they want to? Like, if she couldn't even win the election on her own, do you still, would they still think that she was the person who could lead us? So that's, that is what my, uh, my question is to try to get into the mind of the power elite, the mind uh, also of the voter, because they apparently really cares about that. So on the one hand, my mind tells me that Hillary Clinton is the anointed one, is the heir apparent. But my gut tells me that she might not get it. And I want to know what you think. Do you think she's a shoe in still? Do you think she's going to get it or not? 404 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me 
at Monica Perez Show. So my the bottom line there is I don't think that she's charming enough, trustworthy enough. I just don't think she can bring us to her uh, to follow her blindly and assume that she's leading us in good faith towards the right answer. And I, I know there are a lot of scandals with her, Benghazi, and uh, and even her husband Bill's uh, long history of really sordid stuff. If you look into, I just wa- re- watched a documentary called The Clinton Chronicles, I think it is, where it just went into like sex, drugs, gun running while he was governor of Arkansas. I mean, I didn't make a personal investigation of this, but I'm definitely going to because it really looked like there was a lot of fire behind that smoke. But so people think, oh, well, there's too many scandals. But the scandals didn't bring Bill down, and they and, and what I can tell that there, his scandals were way worse. But they didn't bring him down because he is so charming. And that's just perfect for the, for the kingmakers, for the paralyte, because his charm, if he can charm his way out of uh, being responsible for these scandals, he can charm you into doing whatever you want. And, and if the media has faith in him, they will support him. They will keep that stuff under the radar. They've even, they even wrote articles about why they did it. We liked him. So we didn't, we didn't harp on that stuff. They didn't even talk about the fact that he was making war uh, in the former Yugoslavia. They didn't, even, they didn't even focus on that, even though he did. And also the paralete actually likes a few skeletons in the closet so they can bring you down if they need to or blackmail you or however it works. I don't know. That's maybe too far down the rabbit hole. But the fact is, if she is totally charmless, I don't see how she, she serves their purposes. And I don't think that they would be particularly loyal to her because look what they did to her when she really, whoever was one, running against Bush was going to win that as a Democrat. And they took that away from her and they gave it to Obama. And I, I think that they made her all sorts of promises and it looks like they're following through. What you probably never would expect is that they'd be willing to take a fall. But I look at the McCain and the Romney candidacies and I think I think there's an argument that those guys kind of knew they were not destined to be president, that their role was to just be the challenger and not um, really have hope. I mean, I always wondered why Romney didn't didn't make a stink when rumors came out that there was uh, like at least one county in Ohio that had more voters than more votes than voters for Obama, more votes for Obama than registered voters. And uh, Karl Rove basically got fired from Fox for saying that maybe, you know, maybe this thing isn't over. He just, it, it seemed to me like there, uh, there are, the parties can take a fall if the power elite wants to shake it up a little bit. But that, that stuff, instinctively, I feel that's right. That's why I feel like she might not be the shoe-in. But I do want to know what you think, because they care what we think. That's, the, that's our last hope, is that they do actually care what we think. And so I want to hear, let's uh, talk about this, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez, on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am the Libertarian on WSB, and we're talking about the presidential election. A few more hats in the ring for 2016, starting with 
Hillary, I I feel like a lot of people think she's a shoe in but I just feel like she doesn't have the charm and also that because of that, the Democrats might betray her yet again, I think just by letting the Republicans win, by giving her this nomination, but knowing that she's not going to win. But I want to know what you have to say. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Paul in Woodstock. Hi, Paul. You're on with Monica. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Um, you know, what you're saying is probably true, uh, I hope. There's some talk in Washington with some friends I have there that there's another person in the Democratic realm that they're, uh, they're waiting in the wings. The same people that brought you Obama will bring you this person when the time's right. Um, because he's actually thrown, you know, President Obama's thrown Hillary under the bus on every single scandal that she's had. Yeah, I noticed that they, they don't seem to be on the same page, and I didn't know if that was some kind of game, but do you know who that might be? You're saying it's like an unknown? No, yeah, it's an unknown we don't know about. Like he said, the person who told me this in Washington said, where did Mr. Obama come from? And, you know, we didn't see that coming, and she didn't either. Yeah, and they would have to, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure they made her all sorts of promises, and she was Secretary of State, and I'm sure she thinks everything is going according to plan, but they could have held him back for this time and let her get the last one, because, I mean, there was just an aura about him. He probably would have been able to win again, so why, if they were going to have her for sure, maybe they, you know, you, I kind of think they would have done it last time. Well, um, Mr. Obama's policies, he's worked hard to get everything he's done in. And he, I think anybody would realize she's not to the left of him. She'll try, she'll go and undo a lot of things that he's done, I think. Do you really think, think so? Like, name one thing. Ah, uh, the environmental kind of stuff. She, you know, she wants to be president, but she doesn't have an agenda like he did. She no, and I actually, I actually think that's why one reason why they might not stand behind her because she had the opportunity to fall on her sword uh, for health care, but she and Bill in in the White House the first time didn't want to risk their second term, so they didn't. Whereas Obama absolutely did what he was told and fell on his sword, knowing he was going to risk that. Yeah. So I just I think that there's uh, a good chance that they not only aren't sure she can bring us to heal, they might not be sure they can bring her to heal. She has your classic, massive political machine in Washington, in the Clinton Foundation, even in Arkansas when they she was like first lady of Arkansas. And that's something Obama really doesn't bring to the table. And if you're right and there is a newcomer in the wings, Again, it would be somebody who would be completely dependent on the Democratic machine. It's an interesting question. I'm going to continue with your calls. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Giving you the Libertarian perspective of on the news of the week and... I not only give you the libertarian perspective, I try to kind of pull the curtain back and see what's really going on. I don't think that what you see is what you get in the elections. I don't. I think these guys do bloody themselves in the ring. I think they are actually fighting. I think the Bush-Gore contest was real. But I think if Bush or Gore got in, you would get maybe not the exact same thing, but you would still get bigger government, more cronyism 
I just think that's been on the agenda for a long time. And the presidents who can step outside the machine are further and further apart. I think Ronald Reagan was truly a surprise president. I think JFK and Nixon were in the in the elite. They were supposed to be part of the gang, but I believe that they had a certain amount of independence of thought and goals. And I mean, some say Watergate was a coup that Nixon was set up. Uh, but it's I think even more people say that the assassination of JFK was a coup. That you can even have these elite guys who don't really play ball. But I feel like that's fewer and fewer. I think somebody like Hillary is pretty clear she's going to play ball. She is a little bit more independent than I think Obama would have been. But is she is she the anointed one? Are they going to give this to her? The, they meaning even just the Democratic establishment, the Democratic Party, or the power elite generally. Maybe they feel like it's time for a Republican to renew the more overt nature of our wars, the humanitarian excuse that Obama keeps using is wearing thin, can't justify the kind of massive actions that I think Ashton Carter, our new Secretary of Defense, is just chomping at the bit for. I think that uh, we might get a Republican for that reason. And, and whoever it is has to actually get a good number of votes. I mean, it has to be plausible who it is, even if the voting is is not 100% on the up and up. So the question is, can Hillary get that? Will she? 1-800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez. I'm going to Jared in Atlanta. Hi, Jared. You're on with Monica. Hi. Hello there. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to say this is a great topic, first off. I think it really kind of, like you say, when you're trying to unveil um, take the covers back and, and unveil the truth. Um, I think we're really thirsty for that. I think that, you know, we live in kind of sort of in a time where, you know, there hasn't been more awareness going on than, uh, in, than, it, than it has in a very long time. So very interesting. Um, but the question about the power elite, um, you know, the, you know, when you ask the question, um, you know, do they care? I, I, I don't think they really care about what the, the, general public thinks simply because, I mean, there's only 25% of the voting public turned out. Um, you know, I don't think that we show that we care per se. And, you know, it's kind of sort of like, you know, why would we, why would, why would we expect someone to really care about us if we don't really show that we care? And I'm not saying that we don't care, but I don't think we can really do anything against the machine. And what, what do you think we could do against the machine if, you know, this awareness level is so high, which, you know, obviously is the case. Um, you know, how do you how do you compete against it? Um, and is the machine necessarily a bad thing? First, uh-huh. I think sometimes we are a little bit sinister, and all these questions come to mind. Um, is the machine bad? I think a lot of times, you know, we're all in tune and agreement with overall policies that are passed. We kind of, you know, maybe go against them a little bit. Maybe the taxes are too high; could be a little low. But most people are for some type of tax. So my question is: I mean, is the system? I guess uh, how would the how would people even change anything. Yeah, no, Jared, I you ha, you have raised a few great great questions. Um but I I really love the question of is the machine even that bad? Cuz I've thought about that. I have a friend who's from Sweden. Right. And they they have an expression called uh Svensson, being a Svensson. So being a Svensson, which Svensson is the most common name in Sweden, 
is you go and you have wine on Fridays, tacos on Saturday, you have two kids, your mom's a nurse, your dad's a carpenter. Okay, so that's the idea. And they have a, a socialist system there. People don't work as hard or maybe there isn't as much variation across the spectrum of how hard you work or how hard you party or whatever over there. But to me, it didn't really, she's like, oh, it's boring. I'm like, eh. I mean, I get my thrills out of reading great books, so I don't think I'd be that bored. So is it that bad if that's what the machine is really after? You know what I'm saying? If that's what the machine is after to give us all a good standard of living. But I, I I think that that's not really... Some people, I think a lot of the people in the power elite do think that that's the goal but then you look at all this like surveillance state stuff and police state stuff and all the cameras and the level of control and when you when you scratch the surface a little bit more i think you can see that they're they're getting prepared to have a situation where basically overnight they can uh have like total control and and not so that we can have two dogs and a cat, but because they want to be able to control everybody. And the richer you are, the more intelligent you are, the harder it's going to be for that. So that can't be part of their plan. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Do you have a website? Yeah, it's MonicaPerezShow.com. And I have a a lot of reviews of books I've read. I like to read what's called Deep History, what I call Deep History. I coined that from the mid-20th century that really talks about when these guys started to figure out how to manipulate us on the really massive level using psychology using their power behind the scenes to get us where uh where they want us and we still think we're in control great call jared thank you so much i'm gonna go to uh steve hi steve you're on with monica hi monica i'll get right to the point here um this way it was a great subject to pick because i just happened to uh have conversation with my liberal side of the family and, you know, the feedback I got from them on this whole Hillary uh, Obama thing is, is that they think that Obama's done a good job, and they think that Hillary will be a good president. And it's related to the fact that I believe there's a large population out there that doesn't really care about the lies and the cheating and all the stuff that goes with this anymore. Because they just accept it as inevitable and figure you might as well get your piece of the pie. It's going to happen anyway. No, I mean, the, the voters. I mean, yeah, but the, the voters, voters just accept politicians as inevitably corrupt and say, well, at least they're corrupt and gonna, they're going to give us uh, more food stamps as opposed to being corrupt and give Wall Street more bailouts. I mean, is that that has right? That's I mean, exa- yeah. that's exactly right. And exactly right. And I and I said, well, what is it that? Obama's done, and they said, well, at least he tries. Well, I mean, I can't even relate to that. So I think that, to your question, I think that uh, uh, they're not, I don't think the left is willing to burn any any top-notch guys and gals right now in this election, because they don't have control of either house. And they did with Obama, so they broke out their star player and put him in, you know, they put him in the game and that answers they, my question earlier. Why did they snatch it from Hillary back then? Now, now I see at the time they actually did have um, more power in the legislature than they do now. But uh, yes, okay, keep going. And so, yeah, so I think that I think that they're going to uh, cut Hillary loose, cut the mooring lines, and say, "Listen, if you can get it done, great. And if you can't, oh well, because otherwise she'll never be quiet and go into the sunset if they don't allow her to do that." 
I agree. And I think they, they play the long game. I don't think they care yep. as much. Exactly. Yeah. And I also thought that about the Republicans. People said, I remember, I just was reading some comments on my, uh, some of my articles and stuff on my blog from a while back, a couple of years ago, that said the Republican Party is on uh, life support. It's going to be over. A lot of people said that. And I said, definitely not. This two-party system is a, is has become a tool of the power elite in a book I love to quote tragedy and hope by an insider to Jared's point is the machine so bad this guy Carol Quigley a mentor of Bill Clinton by the way he said the machine isn't bad but you people are too stupid to realize it that's why we keep it a secret and he said that the two-party system was designed so that the power elite could control both sides and when when you got sick of all the war, let's say, you could say throw the bums out and you would get maybe Democrats. And then when you got sick of the welfare expansion, you would throw the bums out and you get Republicans, you get more war. But it's always in increments making the state bigger, serving the, the larger purposes. So I think they could easily say, well, it's, you know, the Democrats have to take a break, if only to restore faith in the two-party system. Like, that's how cynical I am. I think they would do it just to keep us alive. Uh, I'm going to Alan in Atlanta. Alan, you're on with Monica. Hi there. Uh, Bill is a fun president. I mean, you know, he kidded around, played the sax. He's very personable. Obama, he's got the gift of gab. Uh, Hillary, I mean, every time you look at her, she's got a fake smile on her face. Uh, I've seen pictures of her where somebody made her mad and that look she gives. I don't think she's very appealing to the American public image-wise and as for personality-wise. She just does not have it. Yeah, and she's she doesn't have any self-control, it seems like, when the rubber hits the road. Like with the Benghazi hearing, she was in the Senate answering to those people, and she started yelling at the senator, saying, what I, difference I, does it, it make? It's, it's just not very, pre- she's not very presidential. That's, that's as easy as you can put it. She's, she doesn't look presidential. She doesn't act presidential. I don't think she's going to win. And, you know, hopefully this election... We'll get more Republicans in the House and the Senate, and whether she makes it or not, it really won't make any difference then, because if we get enough votes, anything she does, they can override. Well, I'll tell you, Alan, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference anyway. These guys, the Republicans, play a game about making government smaller. It's a game. Yeah, they're just as bad. Yeah, they're just as bad. So so what you end up having is people are, like, uh, kidding themselves— this is, this is the thing, and again, Jared brought up a lot of good points earlier. He said only 25% of the people vote out of the people who are um, eligible to vote. So I look at that, and I think, okay, those, are the, those maybe are not the 25% of the people who are the most um, active and vigilant, although I vote, even though I'm an anarcho-capitalist, I hate to validate this two-party psyop, this two-party game that Carol Quigley uh, revealed. I, but I feel like a moral obligation to vote. So I think that the 25% of vote do have feel like it's a moral obligation uh, to some extent. But maybe a lot of those other people just aren't fooling for it anymore. Because you can't help but notice, but even if 25% are fooling for it, looking at the Democrats and thinking that they're a party that does not go to war, or looking at the Republicans and thinking that that's a party that shrinks government, it just defies... Uh, the the evidence of your senses. But I want to talk a little bit about Alan's point. 
where the uh, Hillary just gets so nasty. I just posted before the show four little video clips on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, that show just real like 15, 20 seconds each of her just really unpleasant. And I'm going to tell you about them probably at the top of the hour, but you can check them out uh, on the break. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. More calls after this, 404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is overcast and 68 degrees right now, only a five on the Mellish meter. But stay tuned all weekend along because some heavy weather is headed our way and may even affect the beginning of your work week. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemake, the official air conditioning of summer. And I am the Libertarian on WSB. We're talking about the upcoming presidential election. And I'm going to go to, well, I can't really call it upcoming since it's a year and a half from now. But people are officially announcing their candidacy. This week it was Hillary Clinton and Marco Rubio. But I think uh, Hillary Clinton is more likely to be the one in the driver's seat. I feel like Marco Rubio is actually running for vice president. I'm going to go to Mike in Atlanta. Mike, you're on with Monica. Yes, ma'am. I have four things to tell you. One, every single woman I've talked to doesn't, they want a woman president, but they don't want her. They're actually very disappointed in her as a person because of Bill, obviously, and I support that too. I don't think any respectful woman should have ever been pushed around the way Bill pushed her around. And two, a very interesting thing is I know for a fact through uh, individuals that report in the Bilderberg meeting that she's been seen a year before, and this might be a question, what has she been seeing, why has she been seen a year before taking Obama? before he was president as only she, this is before she was secretary of state to, yeah i remember that story yeah, i'm gonna took, address she took, she took obama to the bilderberg meeting yeah i'm gonna address oh, your issues one by one but you got to get them out before my break so give me number three yeah and number three uh thirty thousand emails i know for a fact that those thirty thousand emails that were deleted were not to chelsea you know that's ridiculous right right chelsea doing it was from the bilderberg people uh you know duh and then the, the fourth thing is if you want She's going to take her Second Amendment away. And the fourth thing is, if you want to mess things up for her, you got everybody's got to get behind Rand Paul. He's our only chance. He's the next JFK. I promise you this. All right, Mike. I'm going to address some of your issues right after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection. The lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.